This is Talk of the Town. I'm Bob Cudmore. Our guest today is Steve McLaughlin, who has been a commercial pilot, a banker, and a member of the New York State Assembly. Last November, he was elected to a four-year term as Rensselaer County Executive. He lives in Melrose. I want to start off uh, talking about a, a topic that we've uh, discussed with a number of public officials, and that's opioid addiction. You've proposed creating a county position of opioid recovery coordinator. What would the coordinator do? Yeah, thanks, Bob. Well, it's we're excited about that uh, position that we've created, and we'll be naming somebody very shortly to that. Uh, really, it's trying to bring uh, some clarity to the process here for folks that need help, both families that are out there s- desperately struggling with an opioid problem throughout the, the whole country, but certainly Rensselaer County is not immune from it. So we're really trying to create a position that will allow us to know exactly what's going on within the county, how many beds are available within, let's say, mm-hmm. a 50-mile radius. If some parent calls up and says, my child needs help and I need it right now, right now we find that they're still struggling on where to go. What do you do? There's all kinds of resources out there, but they're sort of spread out all over the place. We're trying to bring some clarity to that and uh, and try to give folks, not only those that are addicted that are reaching out saying, I need help right now, uh, we're just trying to give them that clarity on where to go. So it's almost like a clearinghouse type of thing mm-hmm. where you can call up and also marshal the resources that we have. We have these great opioid task forces out there uh, that are certainly phenomenal and doing a great job, but we want to make sure that there's somebody kind of leading the ship uh, in the right direction. Rensselaer County is pretty big and pretty diverse, right? You've got yeah. cities like Troy and Rensselaer and towns and mm-hmm. rural areas. Yeah, and that's what makes it challenging uh, as a county is we're very rural, very mostly rural, but we do have the two cities in there. So pretty diverse uh, topography and, and geography mm-hmm. out there to deal with. So, uh, And some of these folks are in really rural areas with not a lot of services available to them. So we want to make sure that we're reaching out to those communities so that they know where to go to get that help. After you were elected in your state of the county address, you said that Rensselaer County's poised to be a leader in the region and the state. Mm-hmm. How so? Yeah, I believe that because we've got about 30 miles of undeveloped waterfront that we're going to go after and try to get that as uh, get that built up like they're doing in Waterford and Coes and doing a great job. We have a gaming community out there as far as the software development. That's really becoming a hub. Uh, Troy is becoming a hub for those for those folks that write that code and create these games. You mean video games. Video games, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really cool. big business. Uh, you certainly have Regeneron over there in East Greenbush, which is an incredible manufacturer uh, and company and employer in the area. You have RPI, you have Sage, you have Hudson Valley, which is a leader among among community colleges and even among four-year colleges. I mean, this this new manufacturing, advanced manufacturing center that's going to be in Hudson Valley is really, really special. And I think once that uh, is finished, people are going to see how incredible that is. Uh, so we have unbelievable opportunity and, and resources out there available to us. So I'm firmly, firmly believe that we're going to be a leader in this area and throughout the whole Northeast. Now, you just were elected a few months ago as the Rensselaer County Executive, and it was a a tough campaign, it seems to me. An audio recording led some to think you'd harassed one of your employees. A two-part question, do you deny the reliability of that recording, and did this controversy cost you votes? Well, I think at the end of the day, we won, and probably it cost us a couple of votes because people didn't get the whole story. Uh, but it was an argument that I certainly apologize for and regret, but you didn't hear the entirety of the story there. So I would I would just kind of say that 
uh, you know, everybody has moments that they regret, and that was one of them. But you had one side of the story being told. And then after the election, and you were serving in the state assembly, mm-hmm. the assembly uh, speaker re- uh, uh, sanctioned you for mm-hmm. alleged uh, uh, sexual harassment. Uh, uh, again, uh, do you deny the basis of that charge? And do you think if, if that had happened when you were still running, would, would, do you think you would have lost the election? No, I don't. And I completely deny that. There was a year-long investigation. Uh, you know, how it took a year is beyond me. It's essentially, I was alleged of saying one sentence to somebody, which I did not say, proved that I didn't say it, got a letter from that same speaker clearing me, saying there was no finding. Then what happened, there were leaks all over the place, which are a violation of uh, my federal civil rights. So when I complained about that, my attorney complained about that and said, you're, you're really leaking this all over the place. They then reversed course and say, well, now we're going to say that you said who accused you. I never did. And we're not done with that. I can tell you, we are not done with the assembly yet uh, because that was completely false. Uh, and you really had, you know, early on there was changed testimony and the lawyer for the assembly changed the testimony of somebody that was involved in the case. We pointed that out and he said, well, that's my interpretation of what they said. You don't get to do that. It's a statement. You have to record what the statement was. You don't get to change it based on what your opinion is. So I completely deny that and have a letter from that same speaker saying there was no finding. So actually, in hindsight, I wish that I had come forward. And by the way, I had every right to say, who was accusing me. I never did that, but I have every right to do so. And for the assembly to say that I don't have that right violates my federal civil rights. So I vehemently deny it, have a letter proving it. And for them to reverse course like that was nothing more than ridiculous. So I just say we're not done with that. Let me move on to another uh, Rensselaer County topic. Hoosick Falls has been uh, repeatedly in the news because of issues with their water supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your What's your plan to get water to Hoosick Falls? Yeah, well, I'm certainly pleased that uh, you know after that unbelievable crisis that the filters were installed and the folks up there are getting clean water. I don't think that's the end of the situation though, because now they're a uh, declared Superfund site. I, I think you know the best way to heal the town and heal the whole area. My idea has been right from the beginning to run a water line out of the Tom Hannock up to Hoosick Falls. Uh, it's not going to be the cheapest project in the world, but it's also not the most expensive. And if the federal infrastructure bill comes to pass, I think that'll be a phenomenal opportunity for us to go after federal and state funds. Uh, that will allow us to open up that whole Route 7 corridor to some residential development up through Pittstown, which will be, it's a beautiful place to live, uh, but you don't have the services and the infrastructure up there now. So that would be my idea. Uh, but in the meantime, thank God, the folks are getting clean water through those filters. But mm-hmm. I do think that in order to really heal the town, you need a new source of water. And the Tim Hunnick is, Tom is, a, is a reservoir. Mm-hmm. Fantastic it, reservoir. Already used for water supply or well, another kind of reservoir? For sure. Sure, yeah, it's it's used. It's a man-made reservoir in Rensselaer County, owned by the city of Troy, which is another great thing about running this line. It would benefit financially. The city of Troy would be selling that water. They already sell water across the river here to Half Moon, mm-hmm. so and they supply most of uh, you know a big part of Rensselaer County with their water. So it's a great source and and really almost a never-ending source of water for us. Another uh, issue in uh, Rensselaer County, you know, kind of specific to uh, uh, one place. Uh, has to do with a Superfund site in Nassau, which is a village, I believe, in Rensselaer County. I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce this correctly, the Dewey Lawful Landfill Superfund. Um, Is that, uh, that's concerning to to the 
the, the village officials, I believe. Well, so you have the village of Nassau and the town of Nassau, and Dave Fleming, a good friend of mine, is the is the town supervisor, and he's been all over this issue forever since he's taken office, and even before then. This goes back, uh, I think, to the 60s, where 40,000 tons of this stuff was dumped. Originally, it was a 15-acre site. What's stuff? What well, it's, it? it's all kinds of PCBs, toxic materials, uh, which were legally dumped back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was a 15-acre site, the plume is now spread to 1,000 acres. And the first law I signed as county executive was a local law limiting the discharge of a uh, suspected, very strongly suspected carcinogen called uh, 1,4-dioxane, limiting that to 0.35 bar- parts per billion uh, of release. We've had up to nine parts per billion up there, and it's going into local waterways. So what we're trying to do is um, certainly get the area cleaned up. It's a, that's an area that was more polluted than Love Canal. Mm. So uh, it's a real problem for us as we try to, um, you know, we just want to make sure that we're getting as cleaned up as we can. We'd love it to be completely cleaned up, but we certainly don't want a, to- a known carcinogen or a very highly suspected carcinogen going into our waterways, which ultimately could end up somewhere else into a reservoir or something like that. So, But, but it is being cleaned up now? It is. And, uh, you know, the federal government's certainly involved. It's a super fun site. They're cleaning it. Uh, we just want to make sure that we're right on top of things, making sure that this 1,4-dioxane doesn't leak uh, more than it should. We don't want any of it at all, but you have to be, there's going to be a little bit, but 0.35 parts per billion uh, is where we think we need to be. And we just want that water tested weekly uh, to make sure that that doesn't exceed those limits. But yeah, it is being cleaned up. Uh, it has been being cleaned up for decades, but it is a really, really tough problem. Talk of the Town continues. I'm Bob Cudmore. Our guest is Steve McLaughlin who has been a commercial pilot, as we said at the beginning of the program, and is now Rensselaer County uh, Executive. Might uh, hope to get in a question toward the end about your being a pilot, which I find kind of uh, uh, fascinating. Uh, But let me ask you about um, Rensselaer County's second most populous city, which is the city of Rensselaer. Uh, You have uh, said you want to make improvements to the port of Rensselaer. What's involved there? Well, you look in the city, the the Albany Port Commission controls both sides of the river. They control the Albany and the Rensselaer Port. They're sinking a lot of money into Albany, uh, which is great uh, for large shipments. We certainly want to see that growth continue uh, over to the Rensselaer side. Uh, That is an area that is ripe for growth to bring in some big business and big companies shipping things up and down the river. So we're just pushing uh, as much as we can working with the Port Authority. I had a meeting with them about two weeks ago. Uh, just letting them know that we want to see that investment over here in Rensselaer County. It's not under our control. Uh, it's under the control of Albany, which is odd, but that's the way it is. Uh, they have most, if not, they have pretty much all of the voting members. So we just want to make sure we're getting our fair share and making sure that that port grows. So there's some talk about expanding the port of Rensselaer, and we're certainly an, encouraged and interested in what they what they want to propose. Also in uh uh, Rensselaer, there is a concern about, from some, about a construction and demolition landfill. What do you think of it? Well, it's not under our control. That's under the state's control, but certainly it's in a fairly remote area, but I understand there's a lot of concern out there, and we're concerned about it as well. Uh, so we are keeping an eye on that. Uh, it's one of those things, the stuff has to go somewhere. Nobody ever wants it in their area or in their county. I completely get it. Uh, so we're keeping an eye on it, but it is not under our control. It's under the state of New York's control. 
Let me ask you a couple of questions about uh, Troy. Uh, first off, uh, working with the mayor of Troy, do you expect to have a good working relationship with uh, Mayor Patrick Madden? Uh, he is a Democrat, but he's also the brother of Kathy Gimeno, the former Republican Rensselaer County executive. Sounds like a lot of family matters over in, in Rensselaer County. Well, that's pretty typical in Rensselaer County uh, with politics. But yeah, I mean, I saw Patrick yesterday at an event. We were at a ribbon cutting for the Independent uh, Living Center of the Hudson Valley. Um, certainly meet with them constantly. We've seen, we see each other at events. So doesn't mean we'll agree on every issue, but listen, what's good for Rensselaer County is good for Troy and vice versa. What's good for Troy is good for the county. So what happens is you you go through campaigns and then you govern. And now is the time for governing. And, and uh, it's a four-year term for me. Uh, Mayor Madden's not up for reelection until next year. So he's still got a ways to go in his term. And there's a lot to be done. So we want to see that waterfront development and that starts right there in Troy, and, and we can spread north and south out of there. But Troy is obviously really, really important to the county. So you're not going to agree on every issue. But even if he was a Republican, we wouldn't agree on every issue. So it's not really about politics. One of the issues that, that we've talked with him about when he's been on this program is the swimming pool issue in Troy. The municipal swimming pools have been closed uh, do you have uh, an idea on how to change that and how to get them open again? Well, I do. I'd love to see at least one of the pools open for the kids. Either some of our, the kids that, uh, you know, really kind of need that recreation. We got lucky last summer with a fairly cool summer. We, that may not be the case this summer. I'd love to see one of the pools get open. And one of the things I'd like to talk about would be maybe a, a public-private partnership. There are plenty of folks out there, our labor unions, our business community. I'm sure that they would be happy to at least talk about the idea of joining together finding a way to get at least one of the pools open. And then if we had to, we could run a bus back and forth, pick the kids up at the closed pool, let's say, and run them down to the open pool. We could do that a couple times a day. I'm sure we could work with CDTA and find a way to get this done. So it's an idea that I think is worthy of discussion, uh, but those pools are under the control of the city. But we as a county are certainly ready and willing to step in and help where we can and try to marshal the resources needed. Certainly the, the city of Troy has had its financial difficulties. How are the finances of Rensselaer County? Pretty good. I mean, we're, sales tax is up about 4%, uh, which which is about almost a um, couple hundred, maybe close to a million dollars increase from where it was last year. Uh, we have a surplus right now, but we keep a very guarded close eye on that because that can evaporate depending on what the state does. Looking at um, state spending increasing and of course the never-ending mandates that Albany pushes down to the county. So although we have a surplus, we're certainly guarded and we, we're guardedly optimistic and cautiously watching what the state plans to do with a $4 billion deficit. It's uh, probably no secret. We pre-record this program and this is Wednesday and we're expecting a big uh, snowstorm. And I, I gather that the county recently, or the county legislature, approved purchase of a four-wheel drive vehicle for your use. And, and uh, that did make a, a few news stories. I mean, it, it seems like an, it's an expensive vehicle. Not really. I mean, it, it's a great vehicle. We paid about 36000 bucks. Anybody that's, uh, you know, anybody out there driving a Tahoe would say, hey, that's a really great price. Uh, we got it off a state contract. It's got beefed up suspension. It's an emergency vehicle. We're expecting a foot of snow today in a very rural, rugged county. My first week in office, I was up in Steventown, uh, you know, and winding my way down through ice and snow uh, at about 10 o'clock at night and really dark roads. So it's an emergency vehicle. I am, as the county executive, the emergency uh, commander on scene whenever there's an emergency. 
So, and I'm also a very active county executive. So it is also the common use. It's the common car that every fire chief is driving, county executives drive them. The governor's fleet is made up of Suburbans and, and Tahoes and four-wheel drive vehicles. It's the right vehicle that allows us to get to scenes and move around this county. Today, I'll be delivering meals to seniors in the middle of a snowstorm trying to help out. I'm not a county executive that sits around, so it's it is the right vehicle and it's a tool like anything else. And to get it for you know under forty thousand dollars is pretty good. And what people tend to forget, anytime you have a, a new vehicle purchase, the press loves to go crazy. But the reality is, we had a two thousand and two Dodge Neon in our fleet that needed to go. So like most people, when you get a new vehicle, you push the others kind of down the line, mm-hmm. and that's what we did here. We got rid of a vehicle off the bottom that was falling apart, and we brought one in to replace it. A deputy county executive has been named, or you have named uh, Stacy Farrar as deputy county executive. She had been budget director in your predecessor's uh, time in office. Will she continue as budget director? She will, and it's Stacy Farrar, although it does look like Farrar, and that's how I pronounced it at first, okay. too. Stacy's terrific. She's uh, She knows where every dollar is in the county. Um, she's really tight with a buck, which is perfect for a budget director. And, uh, and she's really good in the role of deputy county executive. So she's going to have a dual role, and, um, and, which is terrific. She's doing a great job. And uh, it was really good for me coming in because she has a lot of that institutional knowledge that I didn't have coming in from the outside. So uh, steady hand there as deputy and knowing where every dollar is is really, really important. So she, I like to say she just tells me no all the time. Every time I want to spend a dollar, she I says see. no. But that's her role. She does a great job. Talking with Steve McLaughlin, who's Rensselaer County Executive. Let me ask you about being a pilot. I know this is uh, you know old news to a lot of people, but I, I think it's kind of sort of interesting. Uh, you know, certainly you're in government now, but you haven't always been in government. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, you used to fly big planes. Yeah, I flew the Airbus, the seven thirty seven. Had a great career up until nine eleven. Started here in Albany with a small little commuter. Worked my way up to a bigger commuter. Then flew for Key Corp and Key Bank. Flew their corporate stuff for a couple years. And had a great time. It was great. But then it was like getting called to the major leagues. You know, you get on to a, a major airline. I was with America West out of Phoenix. Uh, started flying the Airbus out there, which people would remember Sully landed in the Hudson. Mm-hmm. I, I flew three versions of that airplane, the 19, the 319, 320, 321. And then um, left there and went to US Air. And the reason I did that is because I was commuting from here to Phoenix, which is a brutal commute. And my kids were babies at the time. Uh, so I thought U.S. Air was a better deal because it was an East Coast base. Turns out it was a better deal until 9-11 happened. The airline industry is based on strict seniority, and I was certainly closer to the bottom of U.S. Air's seniority list. After 9-11, they laid off every first officer at the, mm-hmm. on the property. So I was out. I had an MBA, regrouped, got into banking for a while. Could have gone back to flying, but didn't, and here I am. Okay, do you still fly? A little bit, yeah. I still fly. Mm-hmm. Okay, a friend of mine uh, has a couple of airplanes, so I have various friends with planes, and I still get up often. My son is uh, training to be a pilot as well. Really? You've been listening to Talk of the Town. I'm Bob Cudmore. Our guest has been Steve McLaughlin, who is the Rensselaer County Executive. This interview will soon be a podcast on albanymagic.com and bobcudmore.com. Next Friday's guest on Talk of the Town will be Albany County Executive Daniel McCoy.